The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone had a wonderful evening, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we put out an episode yesterday, episode 118. We started talking about goals and solutions for 2023, and I can see A lot of folks are taking their time off during the vacation, and I think staying away from podcasts, because I talked to a couple of my other friends. Numbers are down, not tremendously down, but I know you folks are sitting there relaxing, and so I was making a decision, should I do a show, should I just maybe take the rest of the week off, Uh, but I can't do that. I can't do that, because otherwise I will be bored, folks, so I'm working on business stuff i'm working on personal stuff i'm working on some of these goals that we discussed in episode 118 and so i'm going to keep putting shows out and everyone could just catch up at their own speed when they come back there's going to be a lot of great content there for you ladies and gentlemen so tonight on episode 119 i want to talk about a few things and then we're going to get into the company synthesia that we covered a few episodes ago we're going to finish that up This technology that I'm showing you has the ability to create what I call the artificial intelligence personal Jesus antichrist. And the nice part is that, uh, well, I mean, what's nice about a personal Jesus antichrist driven by artificial intelligence, nothing nice about that. But the nice part is, since I've been sort of locked on to this uh, theory, looking into the technology and the companies that could actually make this happen, I started reaching out to more folks on social media. And so I'm going to end up having uh, someone on I knew when I was a kid. All right. My mother, when she went back to work, I think I was seven years old. My sister was five. And so my mother had a background in I think she had a master's degree in art or something like that. She was in videography. She went into a small cable company. I believe at the time it was called Heritage Cable. Heritage Cable Vision, maybe. This was back when cable companies were sort of independent and locally owned. Eventually, Heritage grew into, I think it was TCI Cable, and then that grew into Comcast. I believe at one point my mother was the general manager of that Comcast uh, district. But when she went back to work uh, from not working for like seven years, she was running the cable access department there at Heritage Cablevision. This is back in the day when the cable companies had to provide the ability for people in the community to produce their own television shows and such. And there was an entire channel dedicated to playing the shows, the programs that were created out of the cable access division. So it was pretty neat growing up 
with my mom in this position because I, as a youngster, had access to a whole editing suite. And back then, there was basically two decks. And you had a VHS tape in one deck that had, let's say, all of your raw footage. And then you had a blank VHS deck uh, tape inside of the deck over on your right-hand side. And then you had a big control board. And you could fast-forward and rewind inside of the VHS tape with your your stock footage or your raw footage. And then you'd be recording and editing onto the other tape. And this is how you put TV shows and commercials and movies together back then. And so I learned that from the time I was a little kid. And I used to get in front of the camera. I was in some commercials my mom shot because the cable access division also created commercials for local companies, independent companies that were going to be advertising on the TV, you know, on the commercial breaks on television. So I had access to this. And one of the guys, his name was Peter Schultz. I don't know. He seemed older to me, but I was probably seven, maybe eight, nine, ten at the time my mother hired him. Maybe he was in his early 20s right out of college. And so for some reason, I've always stayed connected to him on uh, Facebook. And I just saw a post that he put out yesterday because he's been in commercial and film work for many, many years. I guess he's just become a pastor, a certified pastor. And so I saw a post he wrote uh, basically saying he was unapologetic in his belief in Christ. And he's got a pretty big, a little, but a big following on Facebook. Big for a guy, just a regular guy in a community. So I saw this infighting going on uh, between people that went to school for science and then people that believed in God and Christ, and they were all arguing in there. And so I reached out to Peter. I said, hey, uh, not sure what you're up to. I haven't talked to you in many, many, many years, but I'd love to have you on. This is what I'm doing. I explained to him what the Dust and Gold Standard was, told him about technocracy, about transhumanism. And I said, I'd love to have you on to get your opinion on what the Antichrist is in the Bible from your perspective and whether or not this artificial intelligence, personal Jesus, Antichrist would fit into the mold. The continuation of the conversation I had with Dan Golbach in episode 115. So he was really excited and he said, yeah, I'd love to come on. That'd be great. And then he said he had another friend he wanted to bring on if we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. I said, well, what is that guy's background? And uh, he hasn't said yet. I had to jump on here and start recording. So we'll find out, folks. We'll find out exactly what, um, what this gentleman does. But this should be fun. This should be fun because I haven't talked to Peter in many, many years. Uh, also, I had a lengthy conversation about two hours today with Wide Awake Jim. So we are going to be recording the first episode of the return of Wide Awake Jim. And that will be tomorrow, folks. So we're going to put that out for tomorrow night which will be, uh, what will that be, Thursday or Wednesday? No, Wednesday, folks, Wednesday. We're going to put that out on Wednesday, the return of Wide Awake Jim. And so we tallied everything up. He had sent me 196 documents, pieces of articles, 
research papers, white papers, all types of stuff coming out of the Bank for International Settlements, out of the International Monetary Fund, the United Nations. And so I said, Jim, how the hell are we going to go through all this? What's the order? And he said, well, there's not really an order to this stuff. It's all highlighted, but I can go through these documents sort of one at a time. Some we can breeze through, some I'd like to spend a little more time on. So what we're going to do for tomorrow, episode 120, is Jim's going to come on. For those of you who don't know Jim, you probably want to check out episode 80. That is all about the climate change hustle. If you look through the public side of the podcast, I believe that episode actually has come out in full, so you don't have to listen to it in segments. Just look through there for episode 80, and that's a four-hour show. And then Jim came on for episode 88. That was a two-hour show to conclude the climate change hustle. And so then I spent episodes, I don't know, 90 through 105, so many episodes at this point, breaking down central bank digital currency, universal basic income, smart contracts, Ethereum, blockchain, all that kind of stuff. I reviewed panel discussions from the International Monetary Fund, World Economic Forum, and Bank for International Settlements on central bank digital currency. So now we're going to tie in all of these documents that Jim has uh, put together for us. And we'll get those uh, posted with the ad-free video version of the podcast once we have this up. We're going to post all those over at pain.tv slash gold. At least that's the plan for now, ladies and gentlemen. Let me see. I'm opening up my documents, uh, my notes from our call today. We were going to get into the climate hustle, central bank digital currency, carbon credit system, the takeover of nature by the technocrats and the hijacking of the resources. And this is basically a breakdown of the technocratic plan as these guys move forward into 2030. This is going to be a really, really good conversation. And I think we have, we walked away saying we're probably going to end up getting somewhere between three to five episodes out of this document trove and he said then he's done like he doesn't want to research anymore because the rabbit holes just go deeper and deeper and deeper and it gets to the point where you reach um it's a point of diminishing returns uh you're just never going to crawl out of the hole so what i'm hoping to do as i've mentioned to you many times is be able to take all this information and then be able to ballpark a timeline for you folks on when we can see the rollout of certain aspects of the growing, not the coming, because we're in it, the growing technocracy. At what point they're going to introduce CBDC, who is going to be the first uh, group of people that are going to be pushed into central bank digital currency, and then at what point, at what stage in the game, they're going to try to eliminate cash. My personal belief and what I'm operating off right now, and we're going to focus a lot on this in 2023 is the year 2030 and i think most of you are familiar with 2030 because that number comes out of the united nations it comes out of the climate change hustle it comes out of the world economic forum it comes out of ray kurzweil the chief engineer at google the gentleman focused on brain uploading uploading one's consciousness to the cloud it comes out of elon musk and a lot of projects he's working on so we're really going to start to look at 2030 
because I, I truly, truly believe that 2030 is a major year for these folks. Not that they're going to kick off technocracy in 2030, but they want to have a large chunk of the technocratic prison planet built in 2030. They want to have a lot of the folks driven in to this prison planet matrix by 2030, you know, through coercion, or they would say inclusion, you know, through brainwashing, mind control, social engineering, which is what technocracy is, the science of social engineering. And so what we need to do is look at 2030 and then work backwards and start to try to build a timeline. Because if you truly believe that 2030 is a year they're aiming to have a lot of this technocratic prison planet put into place, okay, then we have a lot of work to do between January 1st, 2023 and January 1st, 2030, if we want to get our house in order and be prepared to live in whichever way we deem to choose, that uh, which we deem appropriate in our personal lives, in our respective lives, we want to be there by 2030. And this is going to help us develop our realistic goals, our solutions and such to get there. And we'll be able to see how much we'll be able to insulate ourselves from this, how much we can live outside of the matrix. And I talked about some of this with Wide Awake Jim on the phone today in this two-hour conversation. I should have recorded it. It actually would have been a really good podcast, but I didn't realize we were going to be on the phone for that long. I thought we were just going through documents. But whenever I speak to Jim or I speak to Dan Goldach or I speak to Chrissy Piccolo or Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays, or any of my other uh, uh, friends related to this show, I, I go, Dan, I should have recorded that conversation because it would have been really good. So Jim and I... We're talking about some of the shows that I did over the last 15, 20 episodes. I was catching him up so that he can tie in his information to what we have discussed here. So I'll get into a little bit of that, folks, a little bit about what we talked about, some additional ideas he has to add on to what we talked about in episode 118, which was my personal goals for 2023, how I'm going to achieve those goals. Jim had some things he wanted me to add on for you guys and this way we don't have to waste time covering that when he comes on tomorrow because we really need to just start delving into this 196 page of documents so folks when i get back let me just tell you some of the tips that jim gave me and then i want to get into synthesia and wrap up this ai antichrist stuff so that i can set the stage for uh, Pastor peter schultz uh, my friend dan Golvach, hopefully pastor rodney that I met the other day, the gentleman whose house I went to for a service on Christmas Day. So these are some of the folks I'm going to bring on to talk about the rise of the AI, personal Jesus, Antichrist, while at the same time we're talking about central bank digital currency and the technocratic system. At the end of the day, all this stuff is just layers of technocracy, layers of technology, folks. So we dissect it, we figure out when it's coming, and then we can start to put our plans together and move forward. Go into high speed, folks. It's all about action in 2023. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. I just realized, for those of you with the video audience over at Payne.tv slash gold, I don't know if I didn't tilt my camera correctly, but for some reason I look really short, like a midget, folks. I'm six foot three. And I look like a midget right now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going to make some changes to the studio this year, too. And expand that out, folks, once we continue to uh, monetize this show. Folks, while I'm at it, please leave us a five-star review and a comment at Apple Podcasts. Folks, have been doing that again. I appreciate it. Uh, I really like the comments. They're really nice. I've been uh, screenshotting those and saving them for myself because they're really good. I'm going to put them on my uh, resume when I apply for a job at the World Economic Forum. (laughs) I say, look, these folks said I was doing a great job of fighting you. Now I'm coming to work for you. No, I will never do that. I will never do that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, If you want to donate to the show, please think about doing that. You can leave a weekly, uh, monthly, or an annual donation. And it obviously goes to put food on my table and to keep the lights on here at the studio. So that's donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. And we'll have a page up soon. I'm not sure if it's going to be DustinGoldShow.com or GoldStandard.tv. I have both. I'm going to make a decision. Uh, The show is the Dustin Gold Standard. I did all the social media branding around Dustin Gold Show because it was easier. So I just got to decide on the website domain. And that will have a link to sign up for pain.tv slash gold. And we'll have a link to donate to the show. And then we're going to do an email list because they're still effective. And if I can create an email list, then I can send you guys updates uh, every day with the link to the newest show. And then I'll put the show notes in there, like all the articles and stuff that I use. So I want to get that going. Uh, I haven't. I wasn't going to do it. Then I decided, you know what? It still is highly effective for those people who want to be updated with all the information. So I might as well uh, get that set up for you guys. So we're going to work on that uh, next week and get that done. And then uh, finally, if you want to join us at pain.tv slash gold, think about doing that, folks. Uh, I get half. Mike Moore gets half. And it helps to fund his platform. And fund us over here, and you get access to the ad-free video version of the Dustin Gold Standard and the Thomas Paine Podcast, as well as access to the Facebook-like website and mobile application where you can meet like-minded folks. You could begin your journey to congregate with like-minded folks and build a community around yourself. All right, so at first you meet people online. You feel them out at pain.tv slash gold. You see if they seem like good people. If they're paying anywhere between $8.58 a month and $49 a month, if they're subscribed to the Hotwire, chances are they're real. So start DMing with each other, people that uh, know about gardening, farming, stuff like that. And then you reach out, you have a phone conversation, or you jump on Zoom, and now you made a friend across the other side of the country, but you're starting to build a community of like-minded folks around yourself. I really want you to do this locally as well. But if you're more comfortable or if it's easier, start doing it online. Meet friends. I have friends all over the country, you know, in Texas, in Florida, Connecticut, everywhere. 
And so different people I can lean on for different things. People reach out to me. I had a friend of mine from kindergarten. I had stayed friends with her over the years. She was going through a messy divorce last year. She called for my advice. You know, and it was just, it was neat. I was able to help her. And uh, once in a while, I've reached out to her for some advice as well. So build that community of like-minded folks around you if you had it. Uh, If you're always complaining about the vaccinated folks, start to find unvaccinated folks. Start to build that community. We're doing it locally. We've been at it for uh, about nine months, and we have expanded our footprint here in the natural world uh, amongst local farmers. We have built a very good network, and we're going to continue to do that, ladies and gentlemen. So reach out to people, and that will start to fulfill on your list of five things, which is educate, insulate, separate, congregate, and accelerate. That will achieve congregate. Start working on building that community, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So speaking of community, I was talking to Wide Awake Jim, and I told him what we talked about in episode 118. And he said to me another thing. He cannot stress, he cannot stress more than he already has on my shows on the Thomas Paine podcast on the Hotwire. And when he used to run a Twitter account, which he got rid of, he got sick of Twitter. But uh, I brought it up the other day and he said, use cash. Now, we know the fiat currency system is evil, but right now, cash is better than using the debit card and credit card. So he said, use cash. Take cash out of the ATM at your bank or from the teller and spend the cash locally with your local farmers, your local butchers, and folks like that, independently own stores. Try to do business locally. So use cash, and that's also going to protect you from identity theft. Because if you run around town using your debit card at the gas station, at the 7-Eleven, at the grocery store, at the liquor store, at the where, wherever you're going, all right, every time you're swiping that debit card, you're opening yourself up to identity theft and to being uh, cyber hacked. And the issue with that, folks, is in my belief, my opinion, you're going to see more and more of this occurring. It's intentional because that's going to be part of the narrative to drive us into adoption of central bank digital currency and or a rice grain size chip that goes into the fatty part of your hand between your index finger and your thumb, which we know is very real. Okay, so use cash. He said, number two, go analog uh, whenever possible. Buy an older car that does not have a computer in it that can't be tracked. Get yourself some sort of a flip phone or burner phone that does not have internet or GPS on it. Now, I did research for Chrissy Piccolo, a friend of mine who's been on this show. I've been on her show, The Real World Witness, about a year or two ago. As far as I could find, they may not exist anymore because I was going to get a second burner phone that I buy with cash that didn't have internet. I think they all connect to the internet. But Jim said, you know what? Do your research and find out if you can have somebody disable that somehow. Just to when you're around town, you don't need the iPhone with you, right? If you need that for work, leave it at home. Bring the flip phone for emergencies. Uh, so go analog. And I've talked about that here as well with smart products in your house, right? Smart TVs, Alexas, Google Nests, uh, putting ring cameras up all around your house. All this stuff is collecting data constantly. We're helping build the technocracy. As Elon Musk has warned us all, 
warned us. He said, we are nodes in the system and we are helping build this prison planet matrix around ourselves with all the data that we give these guys. So go analog, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it it was actually kind of a pain in the butt to start to find stuff for Willie G that was not uh, smart, right? Like I, I got him the mobile for his crib. I wanted an old fashioned mobile. Now, I went and I poked around on eBay. I was looking for one from the 80s. Everything was pretty dingy. But I ended up finding a new one. And it just has a little battery-operated MIDI sound thing. There's five or six preloaded songs. And it spins around. It's got little animals on it. The majority of the new ones, they all connect up to the iPhone. You manage them through the app. Remember, everything that they're letting you uh, manage through an app and connects up to the Internet through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, is also collecting data as well. So get rid of that stuff, ladies and gentlemen. I will do a show specifically on the cell phones. We'll look into that and see if we could figure out uh, some products you can use. Now, this is for folks who just want to live half Amish, want to live one foot in and one foot out of the matrix. So go analog. And then Jim said, and, and, and I've talked about this on the show as well. Others have talked about this. But once in a while, pretty much whenever you have the time, Turn off your phone, leave it at home, and go out into nature. You know, go out when the weather's nice, and that's going to depend on what you think is nice weather. And go out hiking, go camping, uh, go start a little fire and cook on it with yourself or your loved one or your friends or whatever, and just try to do it for a day, folks. Just step outside of the matrix for a day. No checking emails, no watching news, no looking at the social media feeds, no listening to the Dusty Gold Standard. Now, who the hell would ever say that? Don't listen to my show for one day, just one day, decompress, reconnect with nature. Find your inner peace. I'm telling you, it will help you clear your head. Bring a notebook, bring a pad, start writing down your goals, start working out solutions uh, to these problems. Start to think about this kind of stuff when you're at peace. All right, so it's something we talked about. Uh, my wife and I go camping and hiking and things like that, and we're going to start uh, leaving the phones at home too. Although you want to have them because you want to take pictures and bring home the pictures. Well, you know what? I've got a Canon, she's got a Canon. We could bring those and just take pictures but uh try to leave the phones at home ladies and gentlemen all right so that's one and then the other thing which is really important ladies and gentlemen is that um we were talking about his kid i think his daughter is like 20 and some of her friends and how these younger folks he was telling me are starting to reject technology So I think we need to start finding these kids. Uh, I'm not talking minors. I don't want to bring minors on the show. But if you know 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds that are pulling back away from technology, they don't have to understand what we're talking about here. They might just be doing it because at the end of the day, humans are wired to be free. Their DNA is wired to be free. So let's see if we could talk to some of these kids. Because one of the things that I think is important to understand right now, and I've mentioned it before on the show, but I just want to bring it up again is that we are in a bridge period right now. We are in what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and all of these elitists and technocrats and transhumanists call the fourth industrial revolution. 
Well, the fourth industrial revolution is this bridge period between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era. I've talked about this before. My personal belief is that the technocrats are very weak right now. They are in the process of transitioning us. They are in the process of moving from one operating software to another operating software, and they're open to hacks at this point. What they want to do is create a bunch of problems that then drives the younger folks deeper into technocracy, into the metaverse, putting on the AR headset, escaping this horrible natural world that they have worked so hard to hijack, control, and destroy to drive us into this metaverse matrix system. But some of the kids are stepping back and wanting to go more rural. And I think this is our opportunity to speak to our kids and grandkids and show them that there is an alternative to working inside of this corporate technocratic system. And maybe they can find ways to earn a living outside of that system. I know some folks a few years younger than me who worked in the system. One of them was a social worker in New York City, and the other one worked in the Atlanta mayor's office as a consultant or something, a political consultant. And during COVID, they both exited their jobs. They both come from the left traditionally, or what you would consider to be traditional left. And their father, where they grew up, they had 12 acres in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. He was able to acquire 22 additional acres that was adjacent to his land. And they actually left their jobs during COVID, came back to this area, and they were working on building a community-supported agriculture farm out in Harpers Ferry. So they were in their late 30s, and they were rejecting the system. One left New York, one left Atlanta. And they were going to work on a farm. So there are these people out there because of COVID land, the high school theater production that exited. But what's going to happen now is they're going to try to drive folks back into the technocratic corral. But they are weak during this fourth industrial revolution, this bridge period in which they are moving from one operating software to another operating software. So there are opportunities for folks like us to preach the word and try to show people that there is an alternative to being driven into the matrix system. Folks, when I get back a little more on this, and then we're going to cover Synthesia. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Pain. .tv slash gold. You know, folks, I think one of the things, you know, you need to understand and need to pass on to the kids and grandkids is the more self-sufficient you are, 
the more freedom you actually have and the less you have to rely on the system, the more peace of mind I think you'll have. For instance, and I just want to say we've talked about this before, but the thing is when you're going to work, right, if you go work for an employer and you get your paycheck every week for doing a good job, right, You trade your labor, you're trading your hours, your skills, your degrees that you've acquired, your certifications for food coupons, right? That's what the money is. Whether you uh, have a product that you've developed and you sell or you're a middleman salesman or something or you have a service that you offer, you're trading your time, you're trading your intellectual property, you're trading your product, whatever that may be for food coupons, and so I think in, in this country in particular, and it's others as well, we've gotten into this trap. We need so much money to operate within sort of this materialistic plastic society that we live in, this debt-based society. But if you were growing your own food at home and you had a surplus, let's say on the fruits and vegetables that you're growing that you can use to trade to others that may have meat or make bread, or make whiskey and wine and stuff like that, right? And so you're no longer relying on the grocery store. You no longer care about their orchestrated supply chain issues. So if you can show, if we can teach some of this to the young folks, all of a sudden, let's say they're working one full-time job and one part-time job to make ends meet. Let's say the full-time job is to pay the bills and the part-time job allows them to save a little bit of money. But if all of a sudden they were using their time instead of going to work at a part-time job that means nothing to them, they were using that time to tend to their garden, grow their vegetables, and uh, trade with others or sell it to others, that time is going into something that they're developing. So if they were doing permaculture, for instance, they would be spending their time on building uh, a farm around them that regenerates every year. It becomes easier as time goes on. And maybe they don't have to work this meaningless part-time job anymore because they replace the uh, money, the food coupons they're going to need to buy their groceries with vegetables they're actually growing at home. And then they're also going to be healthier, both physically and mentally, because they're eating better food and they're actually using their hands to grow the food. There's such a great feeling about growing your food. We did all these gardens this year. When we go outside and I would pick these big, plump, giant tomatoes, they tasted so good, especially because we grew them. Now, they were totally organic, came from organic seed plants, uh, came from organic um, uh, topsoil, organic uh, compost and everything that we bought from the Amish. But you can start to eliminate some of this meaningless work and start growing your own food. Now, the other thing, and we're going to get more into creative solutions in the future as well. There's a lot of these local farmers out here, folks, where they're older and their children uh, or their grandchildren don't want to take over the farm. And now all of a sudden they have a small family-owned farm that maybe they're going to have to get rid of. Now, some of them Some of them would gladly sell it off and have it turned into a a hundred townhomes, or some of them end up passing away and their kid lives halfway across the world and they just sell it and it gets turned into a subdivision. But there's many of them, if you approach them with the opportunity 
to pass on their legacy and see that that farm continues to exist. Maybe you rename the farm in their name or something like that. And so instead of them saying, you know what, I can dump this piece of land right now for $700,000 and the developers will build it. Now I'll take this money and I'll give it to my ungrateful children. You know, maybe they're willing to work a deal to sell it for three or $400,000 or be able to finance it themselves. And then you continue to pay the money into their estate, even if they pass away. So their kids are getting some money, but they don't take the big payout because they'd like to see the legacy of their farm continue with some young folks or a young family. I'm looking into possibly uh, this route for the homestead we've been talking about. I'm starting to think about it. So we'll talk more about this on the show and start to plant these seeds, you know, with your kids and grandkids to make them think creatively about opportunities uh, that could be out there if they go seek them out. Because this is all going to be part of building up your homestead, building up your community and being able to insulate yourself uh, as much as possible from the growing technocracy that will reach sort of its first big peak uh, by 2030 all right and again uh so you know we're going to focus a lot on 2030 here in 2023 we're going to focus a lot on this and try to end up building a timeline so we can see when certain things are coming and how we have to stay ahead of the bad guys in trying to insulate ourselves in our personal lives now another thing i'm going to mention and then we're going to do synthesia I talked about in episode 118, the gold and silver uh, scrap business. And I said the traditional sort of hustler, they're going out to the estate sales, they're going out to the thrift stores, they're going out uh, to different places and they're acquiring this, you know, 8 carat, 10 carat, 12 carat, all the way up to 24 carat, which is pure gold. You're not going to find a lot of that. But that's how they're acquiring this and most of them are actually bagging it up and they're sending it to one of a handful of refineries okay and the refineries are paying them anywhere between 90 and 98 percent of the spot price of gold uh for those various grades of gold the different carats of gold and i said if i was going to look at this as some sort of a local business where maybe i could generate some cash some paper money for myself um how can i do it in a way that's different than the other guys and how can i become at least on the lower level a refinery that is then able to sell you know half ounce quarter ounce one ounce pieces to a select clientele and so last night i decided rather than wasting my time uh watching a movie or anything like that which we don't do a lot of here Uh, That's part of this, folks. Get your time back. You know, cut out the sports, cut out the TV. Use your time to actually educate yourself and learn new skills. Uh, That's a big one. Uh, Wide Awake Jim told me to tell you. Save time, folks. Save time. Get your time back. And that time will allow you to figure out ways to generate additional revenue so that you can save up faster to get that homestead or whatever it is you're trying to do. So anyway, last night, I start uh, out online and I'm looking 
because I've seen in various blogs I've been reading about refining gold, and not a lot of people do it because uh, it's fairly technical. And you obviously have to buy some upfront equipment to be able to pull this off. And then if the cops end up going into your garage, they're going to think you're Walter White cooking up the uh, blue meth, the blue crystal uh, at your house because it's uh, chemistry. Anyway, I run across this guy. I'm going to try to get him on the show, so I'm not going to mention his name. But, man, this guy is a wizard. All right, so I watched a number of his. I probably invested three hours last night. And I start watching him refining gold. And he's got a process. His videos go back five or six years, so his process has changed over the years. So I'm actually going back to the beginning. I'm going to watch from the beginning and then move forward. I watched the most recent stuff, but I want to watch how he used to do it. And so he actually refines gold. Um, and and he his wife, I think it is, actually goes out. She does all the gold buying. They refine it, and then they actually uh, sell the gold. So one of the things I would want to do, as I said, that's different than um, than the other folks out there. I don't want to just bag up scrap gold and send it to the refinery. And I know that that's what most people do because it's the easiest path. But I already see that there's too many problems, right? I lose my ability to be self-sufficient. Uh, I want to cut out as many middlemen as possible in that process. So I have to be able to get my hands on the scrap gold. And then if I can refine the gold, I don't have to worry about the refineries paying me on time, cheating me. Like I bag it up and I say, okay, here's two ounces of scrap gold. Uh, or you know, Let's say it's a bag of scrap gold. It's two ounces of actual uh, pure gold in there and they say no it's one ounce and they're going to send the bag back and then there's a necklace missing I, you know the more I can cut that out of my life the better so can I refine gold once a month similar to making bread or similar to making whiskey right and so I said you know I could do this I could do this I paid attention I wasn't big into science but I paid attention to chemistry class so I've been watching all this guy's videos I'm going to watch some more today and I'm going to figure out if I can actually do this because if I could refine the gold I can then pour these gold coins of which I can sell locally to people and then I'm not just collecting gold and then sending it to a refinery to get a paycheck I then am making my old gold coins uh, all my own gold coins of which I can then sell locally and build a clientele. So if I can get that gold in that 70 to 75% range of spot gold and sell it a couple of points below spot price, I'd have to look at what people are selling it for around here. I have to analyze the market. I haven't done that yet. All of a sudden, I've got a 20% to 25% margin in there. It's pretty good. Plus, some of the gold you could actually hold on to for yourself and use that to hedge against inflation. You know, as long as you don't need to sell it off to pay bills, you can start to save some gold as well. So I'm really, really looking at this. Uh, because I'd like to be in this commodities trading, uh, but I don't want to do it through stocks and things like that. I'd like to do it hands-on gold, physical gold, 
in my hand. So because I talked about that in episode 118, I thought I'd share that with you because it's on my list of goals this year to get something like that going. I haven't 100% decided that that is going to be my local cash business yet, but I'm heavily leaning towards it, folks. And once I know that I can actually refine the gold myself, then I'm 99% the way there. The rest is going to be to analyze my competitors locally, see what I'm up against, and start to figure out what kind of a market I'm looking at, and if I could build a clientele of uh, where you know people I could buy gold from, and then people I can sell gold to. That's the important part: is to be able to actually be able to get a hold of the gold, because I know there's been some sneaky stuff that the Federal Reserve has been doing, where this scrap gold is being collected by hustlers. It's being sent to a refinery the refineries are melting them down to gold and then they're actually selling these gold bars back to the federal reserve so the question is is the federal reserve trying to take the gold off the streets so i have to make sure there's going to be enough supply of scrap gold out there that i could get my hands on because if there's not then it it doesn't really matter because you'd have to process about $40,000 worth of gold a month to make a $10,000 profit per month. So you have to think in these terms when you're putting these ideas together. But as I learn, as I uh, understand this more, I will share this information with you. In the meantime, I thought the guy who made the videos on refining the gold was a really interesting person. And so I reached out to him. I'm going to see if he gets back to me or not and uh, if he'd like to come on the show and talk about refining metals. He does gold, silver, platinum, coppers, everything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, when we get back, let's talk about Synthesia. This company focused on this AI personal Jesus antichrist. Well, they're not actually building the antichrist, but the technology that they are developing, that they are selling is capable of doing just that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Payne.TV slash gold. All right, for those of you new to this show... A few episodes ago, we started looking at this company, Synthesia, okay? And it popped onto my radar because I had a conversation with Dan Golvach on episode 115, good friend of mine. He's been studying uh, theology for over 40 years. We started talking about artificial intelligence antichrist, uh, and I came up with sort of this theory that Dan calls uh, personal Jesus, personal Jesus. And so I start doing research into this, uh, how it could be done from a technology perspective. I mean, I know it can be done, but I wanted to see 
who was out there, what kind of software existed, the technologies they're working on. As you know, we've covered deep fake videos, uh, face swaps, deep fake audio, digital twins, mind twins, all this stuff in depth here at the Dustin Gold Standard. But I wanted to see, because it's been a couple of months, all right, what else is out there? So I come across this company, Synthesia. It's S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-A. And then .io would be their website, Synthesia.io. We showed a couple of videos uh, from Synthesia the other day, including one of David Beckham, you know, the famous uh, soccer player. And it was a commercial where he was fighting against uh, malaria. So he sits down at a kitchen table and he's speaking English and then he speaks in nine other languages, some uh, male voices, some female voices. And it turns out this company, Synthesia, actually did that. And the David Beckham was really a 3D model of David Beckham, scanned off of David Beckham. He did it all with his permission. But they're the ones who developed it. And so Synthesia's product that they're selling, and I have the website up here, uh, the front-facing product software as a service that they sell is the ability for you, let's say you work for some company and you manage... I don't know, you work in the HR department and you develop some internal training. And so you have a bunch of text, right? And you're going to train Dustin here on, I don't know, how to run the front counter at the T-Mobile store. Let's say you work for corporate T-Mobile. And so you're developing... Uh, through the HR department, training for me. I'm going to manage T-Mobile. And so you have a bunch of text. And you're going to send me a 50-page PDF. And you know that I'm probably not going to read it because it's going to be boring because that's how it is in this world. So you can actually take the text. And now instead of having to go hire a production studio, a commercial studio, and then an actor and a storyboarder and everything, and actually starting to film you know, yourself or or whoever, the actor you hire to play the part and do all the training videos, you can go over here to synthesia.io and you can put your text into a text box. And then you can pick one of, I think they have somewhere between 60 and 120 artificial intelligence puppets that look like humans. You can pick different voices, you know, different sounding voice. You can pick up to 60 languages right now. And then you're basically editing the whole video right in their software so you can pick different backgrounds. You could choose whether the model is going to be from the chest up or it's going to be from the waist up or full body. And then you can put in your own slideshow presentation, like if you have a PowerPoint presentation or something, and incorporate that. And so you can build the entire video training seminar 100% with artificial intelligence uh, puppeteering. Uh, very easily. So I actually went on here to the demo, and I'll show this uh, right here. You click on create your own AI or something. And so it says create a free AI video, select the template, and edit your script. Political, sexual, and discriminatory content will not be approved. Okay, so you can't do pornos over here or politics. But you can click on, they just have five examples, and the site is way more extensive than this, but you can click Synthesia Demo, Sales Pitch, Learning and Development, uh, 
compliment how-to video. And so it has different background and different actor, each one of those five. And then you just put your script in here. Like, hi, this is Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. And then you click continue. You have to put your email in because they're going to capture your email to send you marketing. But then you go and you, um, uh, you know, put process and this thing, uh, we'll get emailed to you in a matter of like two minutes. I did one, which I played the other day on the show. And so it, it's really simple. Now, if you pay for the service, and let's just look at this real quick. I'm zooming in and out because their website's a little strange. All right, so I'm going to go over to pricing. And it says, ready to scale your video production. Synthesia is the world's number one rated AI video software. It's used by 10,000 plus teams to create videos at scale, saving up to 80% of their time and budget. And so the first uh, option, they only have two options, personal and corporate. So the personal one, it says, start creating professional videos in a minute by creating an account below. And it's $30 a month, okay? And it's billed monthly, so it's $30 a month. Create account now. And what do you get for this? You get 10 video credits a month, and that's equivalent to one video credit is one minute of video. Videos can be up to 10 minutes long. So you could make a 10-minute video, but you're going to lose all your credits. So for $30 a month, you're getting 10 minutes of video. Not much. Not much, okay? So the demo I did was like 30 seconds. All right. So anyway, you're paying $3 per minute of video to use this AI platform. Uh, you get text to video. It says transform simple text into professional looking video for the first time ever. Videos can be up to 10 minutes long. You have 60 plus languages. It says we are constantly adding more accents and voices to the platform. So let's say you have uh, model A. And you need to have Model A script read in 60 different, 65 different languages. You can literally do that. You could process that in 65 different languages. Same model, same exact video. The mouth moves and everything just like it was filmed in that language to begin with, right? So you need an English version and a Spanish version. Done. Very easy. Uh, 65 plus built-in avatars. It says with Synthesia, you have out-of-the-box access to a full selection of our presenters we are always adding more presenters to the platform so it's 65 different characters 50 plus templates use any of our pre-built templates simply change the text and images and voila you have an awesome looking video in minutes custom backgrounds easily upload any image or video as a background Background music. We have prepared a selection of background music that you can freely add as a background sound to your videos. Custom background music. It says upload your own soundtrack. Built-in screen recorder. Easily capture and record your screen right from Synthesia Studio and use it as an asset in your project. All right, so if you were going to record your screen and use that in there. MP4 downloads. It says each video comes in full HD, 1920 by 1080 resolution, and you can freely download them from the platform. Video sharing pages and embeds. Each video gets a dedicated video sharing page. Easily share the video with your colleagues or clients. 
Uh, add text, images, and shapes. Add additional elements to your video to create a rich video experience. So it's like a, a PowerPoint combined with a video editor combined with an AI puppet. All right, free stock images and videos. Search and use more than 5 million free images and videos. It says import PowerPoints. You can import your PowerPoint. Uh, slide decks as image backgrounds, up to six slides per video. So it says combine several Synthesia clips into one final video. Use different backgrounds, presenters, and more for each slide. And then it says paid add-on custom avatars. All right, so now this is going to be under the corporate. So under corporate here, it says perfect for bigger companies, scale video production in 60 plus languages. So you have to call them up if you want to get a uh, price on this. It's going to be a custom built price. So it's all personal plan features. Plus you get up to 50 slides per video. So it says combine up to 50 slides and clips into a single video. Great for presentational style videos. 10 plus built-in avatars, uh, premium avatars. These extended selection of diverse built-in avatars for different use cases you have exclusive custom avatars purchase custom avatars only available for your brand okay so they can make one for you premium shutterstock assets this is over 1 million royalty free images and videos from shutterstock a branded template will help prepare a video template with your own brand assets priority support get your answers answered within a few minutes procurement friendly will help get everything needed for your internal procurement process audio uploads you can record real voice clips and upload them to create video clips with your ai presenter access to premium services this is paid services you can request video editing motion graphics synthetic video strategy and deployment implementation then you have saml sso support this is enable your users to securely authenticate from central directory branded video share page and you can have your logo and company colors presented on your video share pages and then custom fonts so you can upload your brand fonts and use them for all text elements and then the key one with corporate is that i actually could go through a process where they would scan me in and i can create an ai of myself so let's say for instance i no longer wanted to do the dust and gold standard show on video i could upload a transcript okay of this show or i believe i can upload the actual whole entire audio of the show and then it would be me as an ai of myself actually in a video form doing the show now in the beginning i was goofing around i was wondering how much this was going to cost because i said oh if i can make the custom one for 30 a month i could just do 10 minutes a month you know myself as an ai that would be pretty intriguing and probably be good for marketing to show i've replaced myself and this is exactly what i've been warning folks about with technocracy and transhumanism but you can't you you need to join this corporate package by the corporate package in order to get access to the uh, customized version of this so 
going through the price structure there, I think you could see even for $30 a month, three-minute video to create a personalized AI where you can change the voice, the language, the look, even create one of yourself with a higher-level package. It's pretty creepy. So the type of technology needed to actually create real-time artificial intelligence uh, characters, uh, I would call this in the artificial intelligence antichrist the personal Jesus, someone who speaks just to you. They know your thoughts, your habits, your emotions, your feelings, and everything, because they're constantly monitoring that through all of your interactions with the internet. As Elon Musk said, you're a node in the system. They're constantly tracking you. As Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the fourth industrial revolution and the World Economic Forum has said, data uh, is the new gold. You know, data is uh, more valuable than property. Those who control the data are the gods of the new era. That's because they can essentially read your mind. He said they know you better than you know yourself. Well, imagine you being used to looking at a human, having a human speaking back to you through your phone, through your augmented reality or virtual reality headset, through your brain chip, through your transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, and this human comes to life, it's made for you and only for you, and it speaks to you, and it makes you feel like you're so important ladies and gentlemen that is how i believe the antichrist will be presented it will be an artificial intelligence based antichrist that's different for everyone it conforms to you it operates like a cult where it makes you feel like you're the most important person on earth and it can shape shift for real because as you can see even with this limited version of a software there's 65 different puppets you can pick from Right. Well, once they have the ability to generate infinite amount of human puppets, then that can shapeshift. Today it can speak to you as a woman, tomorrow as a man, and you wouldn't even realize you're just being manipulated by the artificial intelligence antichrist. All right, folks, more on this when we get back. Let that sink in, because I know this is pretty heavy, especially in a uh, between Christmas and New Year's little break. I don't want to blow your mind so much. So sit back, drink some hot uh, apple cider, drink some spiked eggnog, whatever it may be, ladies and gentlemen, and let me blow your mind when when we get back, because there's more to cover here on Synthesia. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, now, just a quick um, refresher for you guys, because I know I split this up into a couple episodes, and there was a break in between. What I did is I went into Synthesia, and I looked at... Um, a couple different things. I looked at crunchbase.com to see who their investors were. And then I went over and I found this article at TechCrunch when Synthesia raised $50 million 
back at the end of uh, 2021, about a year ago. And so we were able to find in here that the Series B $50 million round was led by Kleiner Perkins. All right, I'm not going to go into this in detail because we covered it. I just want to refresh your memory. And so we went over to Kleiner Perkins, and we were looking at their uh, investors, their specialists, their advisors. And so one of the chief partners there, an advisor, is Ted Schlein. Uh, Ted, S-C-H-L-E-I-N, Ted Schlein. He's a partner advisor, top guy over there. And so I, I remember Ted Schlein from some other research we were doing. So I'm reading Ted Schlein's uh, biography here, and it pops up under his awards and honors, okay, that he um, is on the Homeland Security Advisory Council, he is on the NSA Advisory Board, the CISA Cybersecurity Advisory Committee, the National Security Institute Advisory Board, Council on Foreign Relations, Independent Task Force on Cybersecurity, uh, Board of Trustees of InQtel. Right, and so I go over to InQtel just to make sure, and I'm at uh, IQ, IQT.org. And lo and behold, he's there, Ted Schlein, and he sits at the Board of Trustees on InQtel. InQtel is the CIA's investment firm that helps to launch Silicon Valley companies and then comes in, makes investments in Silicon Valley companies so the CIA can keep a handle on the technology, basically control all the technology in the so-called private sector. You know, it's really being run out of the CIA. So that's one of the main people there behind this company, Synthesia, is Ted Schlein, who sits on the board of the CIA's venture capital firm. You got that? All right. So you got the CIA involved here all right you can't i mean come on the guy is on the the board of the nsa the board of homeland uh, homeland security uh council on foreign relations international test so you got this guy he's government right he's a government front man here of kleiner perkins now they come in and they got their money behind synthesia now let me show you this because this is new information i'm looking at synthesia and I, I, I see right there at the top pictures of Victor, Matthias, uh, Lourdes, and Stefan. And I, I see Matthias. I go, wait a second. I know this guy. I know this guy. So it says right here, Synthesia was founded in 2017 by a team of AI researchers and entrepreneurs from UCL, Stanford, uh, Tom, and Cambridge. Our mission to empower everyone to make video content without cameras, microphones, or studios. Using artificial intelligence, we're here to radically change the process of content creation and unleash human creativity for good. And it says, synthetic media. The world of content is rapidly changing. In recent years, synthetic media has emerged as a catch-all term to describe video, image, text, and voice that has been fully or partially generated by computers. The ability for AI-driven systems to generate audiovisual content in our minds, one of the most exciting developments enabled by recent progress in deep learning. So they have a picture of like an AI-generated woman. It says, the future of synthetic media 
We set our vision for the future of media and our part in making sure synthetic media progresses in an impactful and ethical way. So then you see the team here. It says balancing technical, academic, and entrepreneurial excellence. Now, let me just flip through this. I'm going to go to the whole team, uh, which is over at LinkedIn. And so what we see right here, it says there's 143 employees already of this company. So I found them all uh, on LinkedIn over here. But 143 companies. All right. And so let's click off here for one second. We're going to go back to this main page. And so I'm looking at this. And the top line I have, hi, I'm Victor Ripper Belly, CEO and co-founder of Synthesia. All right, we're going to get into him shortly. And then we've got, hi, I'm Professor Matthias Naysnare, co-founder of Synthesia. So I say to myself, Professor Matthias Naysnare. Well, folks, you may remember him because he came up in my series on Lars Butler and the Artificial Intelligence Foundation. Uh, I had explained in those episodes, and one of them I actually read you a series of emails, my personal emails back and forth with Rob Mallory of the Artificial Intelligence Foundation back when they were trying to recruit me to find them a voice actor to play Barack Obama to train one of their artificial intelligence systems. I'm not going to get into all that tonight, but I was already aware, aware of Professor Matthias Naysnare because when I was looking into deepfake technology years ago to be utilized for funny videos in corporate events, once I realized this technology was going to put my live actors out of business and I was trying to hedge my bets, uh, Naysnare was the most known guy in the deepfake world. This is before it was a household uh, name, Deepfake. It wasn't introduced to the American lexicon yet. And I reached out to him and had email conversations with him. I'll dig those up and see if I can find them for you. But let me just show you this. So I go over to uh, here just to give you a quick bio on him. And this is Tom, Visual Computing and Artificial Intelligence, Professor Matthias Nader. And it says here, he's a professor at the Technical University of Munich, where he leads the Visual Computing Lab. Before he was a visiting assistant professor at Stanford University, Professor Nabnir's research lies at the intersection of computer vision graphics and machine learning, where he is particularly interested in cutting-edge techniques for 3D reconstruction, semantic 3D scene understanding, video editing, and AI-driven video synthesis. In total, he has published over 150 academic publications, including 25 papers at the prestigious uh, ACM Transactions on Graphics Journal and 55 works at the leading vision conferences. Several of these works won best paper awards, including a Sig Chai 14 blah, 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 Emerging Technologies Award for the best live demo. Uh, Nestier's uh, work enjoys wide media coverage, with many articles featured in mainstream media, including New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Spiegel, MIT Technical Review, and many more. And his uh, work led to several TV appearances, such as Jimmy Kimmel Live, which we showed here at the Dustin Gold Standard, where Professor Nabnir demonstrated the popular face-to-face -face technique. Professor Nabnir's academic YouTube channel currently has over 5 million views. 
for his work. Nabdir received several awards, and we don't need to get into all this. It says, in addition to his academic impact, Professor Nabdir is a co-founder and director of Synthesia Inc., a leading startup dedicated to democratize synthetic media generation with cutting-edge artificial intelligence-driven video synthesis technology. All right. Now, I will show you here. We've got Nasdaq pops up over at AIFoundation.com because, and here we are, I'm scrolling down, under the Global AI Council, along with Deepak Chopra, who we've covered here in depth, and Biz Stone, uh, co-founder of Twitter, Nabnir pops up here as being on the Artificial Intelligence Foundation Global AI Council. Uh, I knew that. We covered this on the show. And uh, below him here, we have General Keith Alexander, who was a uh, former head of the NSA. We've covered him as well because he's a partner of Lars Butler, who is the owner of the Artificial Intelligence Foundation. So now you have Nasdaq behind this company, Synthesia, along with the NSA CIA connected investor ted schlein all right you see how all this stuff comes together ladies and gentlemen it all works together it all works in sync these are the technocrats these are the trans humanists ladies and gentlemen all right so when we get back what we're going to do is i'm going to show you a few more videos i really want to show you how this technology works because i'm going to bring dan Golvach back on the show in a few days i'm going to start bringing a few pastors on the show we're going to talk about this is one project we're working on as we're running this alongside goals for 2023 and along with the cbdc carbon uh, credit discussions with wide awake jim we're also working on this artificial intelligence antichrist because i think it's very important uh that folks uh, well, look, whether it's the Antichrist as talked about in the Bible or whether this is the technocrats and the transhumanists utilizing artificial intelligence to be able to manipulate mind control, mind bend, brainwash, and mind hack folks, okay, it's important that you be aware of this so that you don't get sucked into being fooled by this and so that your children and your grandchildren don't get fooled by this as well. Uh, these AI characters could come from anywhere. I told you, from your phone, from your tablet, from your TV, from your augmented reality headset, your virtual reality headset, your future AR, VR glasses, contact lenses, brain chip in your head, whatever it may be. Folks, I'm telling you, I do not necessarily believe at this point that the people we watch, and not necessarily all of them, maybe they're running tests, that some of these newscasters that we see on TV are necessarily real at this point. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? And they do have the ability, we've talked about some of this technology on the dust and gold standard before they do have the ability to push certain content to certain people and once that content can be created via quantum computing and other technology in real time in real time and we'll get into this uh when we come back from the break but it's it's going to be 
it's so mind-blowing, I think, for you to even try to comprehend this. It's so difficult for me to even explain it. But I'm going to try to explain it when I get back from the break so that you have an understanding of what is going through my head, what I think is coming, what I think these guys are going to try to get away with. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to try to get away with a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, the other thing, before we get back into this, because this keeps becoming a problem now, that we are 119 episodes into the Dustin Gold Standard. Wow. I'm in the process, I've got it up on the screen for the video audience at pain.tv slash gold. I am in the process of building out a spreadsheet of all the shows, okay, that has the titles, the teaser, the description, and moving forward, I'm actually going to start tagging the shows. I won't be able to go back and do it with 120 episodes, but uh, from this point on, I'm going to tag it with uh, WEF, Lars Butler, AI Foundation, whatever I talk about on the show. This way, when I want to refer you back to a particular episode that you may not have listened to, I'm going to be able to do that, ladies and gentlemen. And then eventually, on the site we're working on, this will all be searchable by tags, and you'll be able to figure out. Um, so, So if we're talking about Lars Butler now, I want to be able to say to you, hey, go back to episode whatever it may be. It's it's not, but episode 52, segment four, and listen to that, or I'll be able to pull it back up during the show and replay it. So we're working on that. We're working on that. I think it's going to help out this show greatly, tremendously, and it's going to be a great resource for you folks, something that will be uh, worth your time, because then you're going to be able to pull this stuff back up. All right, so... Here's the thing, what I'm talking about, before I get into uh, more on Synthesia and their mission statements, and I've got about six videos I want to get through, so this is probably going to be broken up into another episode as well, because I don't want to put too much into one, otherwise I'm afraid that it'll go over your head, you'll get too confused, but... This is kind of what I envision is coming, so take the Antichrist out of the equation. Think about, and I've talked about the uh, personalized choose-your-own-venture feedback loops, right? So if you remember when you were a kid, I don't know if they still make these for kids. I guess I'll find out soon when I buy books for Willie. Uh, But they have the choose-your-own-adventure book. All right, so you're reading the book, and it says, you're going down a path, and the brontosaurus is chasing you. Do you want to run down the path on the left, or do you want to swing around the magical tree 
on the right, but risk being eaten by the crocodile, although you'll be able to pick up a bag of gold along the way. And you have to choose, right? You have to choose. And so you choose. And you go down the right path. And then it'll say, okay, turn to page 41. And then it picks up the adventure there. Well, I've explained to you that on the internet, the way that these technocrats have the whole system rigged is that we are already pushed into these personalized choose-your-own-adventure feedback loops, whether it be through Twitter, whether it be through Facebook, whether it be through your Google search. Uh, Google searches are not the same for you as they are for me. They actually react based on your habits, your search habits, things of that nature. Okay, so if I search pizza restaurant, all right, I may get different results than you get because it's programmed for each of us. Like maybe I like deep dish pizza and you like uh, Napoleon pizza, right? Uh, a Neapolitan pizza, okay, Napoleon pizza. And so it's going to show us different results. Well, that, that all started coming to fruition about 10 years ago when Google was using artificial intelligence, algorithms, semantic search, stuff of that nature. And so on Twitter, my timeline looks completely different than your timeline, right? Well, that's because it is understanding our habits and then delivering us the results, not necessarily results that are better for me or better for you, but results that they, the technocrats, choose to feed in front of you. So they can manipulate you. They can confirm your biases. They could burst your worldview. They could do things to draw you in. They could do things to push you away. They can do whatever they want. They can manipulate you. And uh, the majority of people don't realize that that is actually happening. So they have the ability to write your life every day the more that you're actually interacting with the internet, whether through your phone, through your computer, through your tablet, uh, whatever way possible. All right. So that's how that is done. Now, imagine, imagine when uh, all of this is fully connected and all these so-called private sector companies and the government are sharing the data back and forth with each other. Now, we know in some cases this is actually already done. Uh, how long ago did they introduce Facebook login on private websites or Google login on private websites or Instagram login on private websites or LinkedIn Log in on private websites. For instance, if I built goldstandard.tv, I can have it where you want to sign up for an account and you can sign up with your email and your chosen password, or you can sign in with Facebook or Google or LinkedIn or Instagram or several others. And then it'll pop up your Instagram account. And it'll say, do you want to allow Instagram to connect? And then you connect over to my site and then your profile, you can import your picture from Instagram, your bio from Instagram, whatever. And so they are now gaining access to the data Right. In some cases, and the web developer like myself, I could set these terms, but in a way, it's starting to all become connected. And that's what Web3, that's what the metaverse really is all about. That when you enter Facebook, you'll really be on Google. And when you go on Google, you'll really be on Twitch. Everything will actually be connected and overlapping, and that data will be shared back and forth. When you download an app from the iPhone App Store, it asks you, do you want to agree to share your data with this app company, or do you want to ask them uh, not to track you. 
because the app can track you not only when you're on the app, but when you're using your phone and doing other things. So this is all done, folks. So once there is a central a data hub. And remember, we talked about this when we reviewed one of the panel discussions. It might have been the Bank for International Settlements panel discussion with Bo Lee, who's the managing director, I believe, of the BIS. And he said one of the selling points to get the commercial banks, the so-called private sector banks, on board with managing the CBDC accounts for them and playing nice with them is they're going to collect data down to your last transaction, down to your last cup of coffee that you bought this morning, what kind it is, how much cream you put in and everything. And that data will be given to the commercial banks, the private sector to go into algorithms so they can run a real-time credit score on you at all times. That will be what becomes the social credit score. Bo Lee came out of the Bank of China, which is China's central bank, which is where they're doing a lot of the credit scoring out of. So without going off into that too much, because we covered that already at the Dust and Gold Standard, all this data is going to be tracked. It's a central hub. All these companies that are supposedly all separate but when you look behind them and you see blackstone and vanguard and state street involved with most of them and the same technocrats like peter thiel elon musk mark zuckerberg etc etc invested in them they're really all connected all right and so once that data is all shared between them they are running a real-time algorithm with your data, with your digital footprint to be able to monitor, understand you at any given time, not just to assign a social score to you. Dustin is a four out of five on the loves the government social score. They're actually tracking everything on you. Now, folks that wear Fitbits, you know, the wearable devices, they're hooked up to the internet of bodies and they're allowing their heart rate, their blood oxygen, all that stuff to be tracked. That's actually tracking you running it through an algorithm and deciding what your emotion is at any given time we know that they're using this in china with bus drivers they're using this in dubai with bus drivers people here in the united states buy a smart sock they put it on their child when they're in the crib and that's reading the same exact vital statistics that the watches the bracelets that they make the bus drivers in china and dubai wear so a lot of people are actually contributing that data to the cloud so they know your emotion at any given time they know your habits they know all of your interactions based on your digital footprint with the internet what you search what porn sites you're on what investments you made how much money's in your bank account how uh, hot you like to keep your house with your smart meter and all this kind of stuff everything you collected everything there's an encyclopedia britannica on you okay inside this system now let's say the tv let's get the tv out of the equation let's say within five years or let's say by 2030 we're all watching the news or getting our news or information solely from the smartphone or what will eventually be the virtual reality or augmented reality headset right so now let's say the days of fox news as you know it are gone right you're just getting news through a trusted source because the internet god said to you dustin you're gonna love this it's news for you just the stuff that you like already curated and they make you believe you're doing it because just like when you download amazon music or apple music you click a couple of bubbles i like jazz i like rap i like rb r&b i like country i like old school 80s and so now 
they deliver you all this music that you're supposedly going to like based on the algorithms that you pick, okay? So now let's look at news. Let's look at information. Let's look at influencers. Let's look at video creators. Look like, look at people like me, content creators, uh, podcast creators. All of a sudden now, you will have a collection of folks. Let's just look at this, okay? Here's all the uh, people that work for Synthesia. And for those of you in the audio audience, it's uh, four people across and, you know, multiple people down. Let's just say these are all the people you're looking at inside of this system that you're getting news and information from or health tips or whatever it may be, whatever your thing is, right? There's so many choices these days. Who's to say that the person you're getting information from is really a person? Who's to say it's really a person? How do you know that that so-called person, the voice you hear, or even the video that you're watching, or if you think it's a live stream that you're watching on YouTube or something, who's to say that is not actually artificial intelligence, not a synthetic media puppet, as they would put it, or a digital twin or a mind twin, like it could have been created off someone real, maybe it's not at all, maybe it's just totally run off of the artificial intelligence. I mean, think about that, folks. Think about that. Let's just say you're looking at this page here, and I click on this lady, Professor Lourdes Agapito. I want to, I don't know, she's got a cooking show. And I click on her, and it opens up, and she starts talking. And she's talking to me. Hey, you love bread. I've got the greatest bread recipe of all time. And I sit there, and I go, wow. Wow, that's amazing. I've been talking about bread on my show. How did she know that I like bread? And she's just talking to me about bread. Want a tip on how to make no-need yeast bread? No, you actually want to learn how to do it with sourdough starter. And I go, this lady's amazing. She knows everything. It's almost as if she's talking directly to me. But it's because she's an artificial intelligence-generated puppet, an artificial intelligence-generated voice, but the creepiest of all, and I've talked about it because I was almost involved with working on the project with Artificial Intelligence Foundation under Lars Butler, is the artificial intelligence brain, the backbone that actually drives, that actually drives that artificial intelligence puppet. And they don't need to type in, like you do with Synthesia, a script for the puppet to speak from, or you don't need to pre-upload audio like me speaking and then it's going to move its mouth to my voice. And you don't need any of that because it's driven by an artificial intelligence backbone. And what's the backbone? The backbone, you know what, folks? Let, let, let's, take, let's take a quick break because this is going to freak you out when I tell you this. Uh, and if you've been listening to my show the entire time from the beginning, this is all going to come together and make sense, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am Dustin Gold. 
You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And I, folks, am freaking myself out. Now, I want you to think about this. All right. Let me just... um, let me just take you back in time for a moment. If you remember the series on Artificial Intelligence Foundation, I just replayed this episode recently in full so that you folks could uh, listen to it. And it was the private emails I had back and forth with Rob Mallory of the Artificial Intelligence Foundation and the project I was going to work on with him. And he talked about how they were building the uh, F-15 fighter jet, right? And they were building this whole engine. And the engine was the AI brain that sits behind the mind twin puppet. And I showed you guys that they developed a mind twin of uh, Sir Richard Branson, of Deepak Chopra, of a couple others, even the CEO, Lars Butler, who's connected into the government as well and has partnered with former NSA chief Keith Alexander, that uh, Lars Butler even built one of himself. And we showed you some demos where they had five AI digital twin puppets based on real people having a conversation back and forth with each other. It was four or five years old. So it was at the beginning phases, or at least what we were supposed to believe was the beginning phases. And so I I always said to myself, the project we were going to work on was Barack Obama. And so they wanted a voice actor. This is after Obama was out of office. I believe it was the first or second year of Trump in office, maybe 2016, 2017, maybe. And so you'll have to listen to the episode. And so um, what they said they were going to do is my voice actor was going to sit down in front of this computer with a mic and he was going to talk in his Obama voice for probably 30 or 40 hours. And he was going to read books that Obama had written, speeches Obama gave, et cetera, et cetera. And that was all going to be loaded into the system so that they could create a voice library uh, that sounded like Barack Obama. And it would be able to, and the guy I had was really like a dead-on Obama voice. He could do it comical, but he could do a straight Obama. And it was really a straight Obama. Is that even possible, ladies and gentlemen? Let's ask his husband been michael no but um he could do a straight voice non-comedic version of barack obama so his voice was going to be used to create the deep fake audio version and then they were going to use another actor i had who looked like obama scan him in and use him to create the uh, ai uh you know the skeleton for the animation And then they were going to load books and speeches, books that Obama read in college, as much as they could get that Obama would have come in contact with or what he spoke about out in the public into this system to develop this AI brain. And then eventually the goal was that they could have the Obama deepfake up on the screen and... Dustin, I could be interviewing him thinking I'm talking to Obama over Skype or over Zoom uh, as a newscaster or at a conference or something, and it's talking to me, having a conversation with me, but it's actually not the real person, and there's no human interference. There's not a human puppeteer behind it or my voice actor behind it. It's actually thinking for itself, processing the conversation, the questions for me, and actually answering them themselves. But they had to have all this data in this system in order for that Obama puppet to come to life. And so I said to you, 
I pose the question, I still do when I speak about this to people. How do you know that when you're watching TV and Anderson Cooper is interviewing Barack Obama, that Barack Obama is real? Well, what really should blow your mind is how do you know that Anderson Cooper is even real and that Obama and Anderson Cooper are not both deep fakes driven by an artificial intelligence brain, an AI backbone? And then we saw, we watched here, the demo that Lars Butler did where you weren't supposed to know that he was a deep fake and his deep fake puppet was having a conversation with four other puppets, including uh, Deepak Chopra. And then in the end, they reveal that Lars Butler is even fake as well. Well, I've been thinking about this the last couple of days about the digital footprint that they are building on us. Think about this, folks. Look, it's, it's a mirror image, okay? It's reversed. Because they need to be able to manipulate you, and this all ties back into what we covered here with MK Ultra and Sidney Gottlieb and all that stuff coming out of World War II, mind control, mind bending, mind hacking, is that with your digital footprint, right, they don't necessarily need to or want to be able to build a digital twin of you. They keep telling you this, all the companies, the whole narrative of this is that if you give us all your information, this is what AI Foundation was selling, of which Professor Matthias Nasir is involved with. His technology was part of building Artificial Intelligence Foundation. It's not just like you feed the information and then we're going to give you a digital puppet of yourself to help you do mundane tasks while you sit around in bed and eat Twinkies all day. That's how I put it before. And your AI puppet's going to go on Zoom and uh, do your work for you and show up at your sales meetings at work. And I always said, that didn't make sense. It's a total lie. Well, if they have a full-blown digital footprint on you, they know everything about you, not just in the past, but they're tracking it in the present through your phone. I mean, everything I'm recording right now is going up into my digital footprint. I'm not stupid. Obviously, this is all going up there, right? But if you're wearing the Fitbit, if you're wearing the smartwatch, they're tracking all that in real time. Plus, all the smart devices in your house are tracking you. Plus, the Amazon Ring cameras and the closed-circuit TVs that are everywhere, uh, closed-circuit TV cameras everywhere, they're tracking everything. Well, what if that digital footprint is not to create necessarily a digital twin of you, that you're going to have live in the metaverse. Because if you put the AR headset on and you go into the metaverse, you're going to be controlling that in real time anyway. Uh, But what happens if that digital footprint is designed to be the backbone that powers each and every one of these, call them personal Jesus, I think, personal Jesus. Uh, Johnny Cash sang that, Marilyn Manson and others, to create the personal Jesus that's going to talk to you. And it's able to manipulate you, mind control you, mind bend you, mind hack you, brainwash you, because it is operating off of your digital twin. So all of your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your experiences, your habits are actually being used against you to manipulate you because now this artificial intelligence can have a conversation through you, uh, to you, with you, right, through the skin 
of any of the people I have up on the screen or anyone else anywhere through the skin and through the voice, which are fake. So think of the skin, the avatar, the person, and the voice and the language that it speaks or whatever. Think of that as just a puppet. It's a puppet. But the puppet is being driven off of artificial intelligence that is taken from the library of your life, your digital footprint, the Encyclopedia Britannica on you. And now it can tap into that and in real time either be creating a video that you don't realize is real-time personalized choose-your-own-adventure propaganda or it could actually maybe at some point even have a conversation with you back and forth and you think you're talking to a different person but it's actually someone created off the mirror image of you that's the personal jesus that's the ai antichrist and it could come to you in many forms it could come to your children in many forms how many people do you see keep your eye out for this i've had people actually admit to me that they are guilty of this that you see in the grocery store they've got their two and a half year olds kind of antsy in the cart they shove a pacifier in its mouth and hand it an ipad all right and the next thing you know the kid's watching some sort of cartoon on the ipad you have no clue what it is i have personal experience of this with my former stepkids uh when i first met them one of them was three or four years old his mom would hand him an ipad and it would sound to me like Charlie Brown. It was like, you're blocking it out. You're doing whatever you're doing, adult stuff. And the kids are just in the corner listening to, it sounds kind of like Ren and Stimpy, farts and stuff. So one day my brain decides to just listen to this. This is probably seven, eight years ago. And I realize that the kid there's like porno talk and stuff in this cartoon that this three or four year old is listening to all right i'm no prude but this is like porno stuff like dirty 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 stuff that's in there and i realize oh my god it's corrupting the kid now imagine a kid who again they're building a digital footprint on that kid from the time he's born collecting data through the smart devices maybe a smart sock that the parents put on him through the smart tv through the tablet through the iphone that the parents are handing it they're constantly collecting the data and they might have an emotional read on the kid if they have a smart sock or one of those other devices they're wearing the kid could be watching personalized real-time ai propaganda you don't know i don't know the technology is there do they have the computer uh, power to do that yet do they have the processing power to do that yet to in real time create all these things i don't know i really don't i would have to talk to some experts and see but i'm starting to think that the digital footprint on you isn't designed to make and i brought this way back way back i said i can't figure it out but i know they don't want to create an ai puppet of you so you can lay in bed all day eating bonbons and picking your nose while your digital twin slave goes to work well if the data they're actually collecting if the digital footprint they're actually collecting on you is going to be used to power the ai characters that are going to talk to you and come to you in the form of a guide an influencer a friend 
a mentor, whatever it may be, that may be exactly what these folks are up to, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, people like Ray Kurzweil, the chief engineer at Google, who's been talking about singularity for over 25 years, they've talked about the AI hive mind, right, of taking all these thoughts, putting them up into one giant server system, and it puts all the power, all the knowledge, all the skills, everything together in one place, and that will be the AI hive mind, ladies and gentlemen. I hope I didn't just completely freak you out because i think i freaked myself out i don't know if anyone has talked about this if they did please let me know i'd love to get them on the show i mean to this level i'm i'm just kind of doing this in real time and i'm starting to lay this out because i want to have some conversations with some uh, religious folks about this and see if this plays into the bible and i've talked to dan Golbach about this the question i'll leave you with before we go to this break is does art imitate life or does life imitate art Uh, Did someone, did God, whatever, write the Bible and predict exactly what's going on? Or are these evil people, these technocrats, these transhumanists, using the Bible as a guide and attempting to bring all this stuff to life? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not smart enough to have the answer to that question. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. Folks, share this show with your friends and family. You know, share this with them, ladies and gentlemen. The best we can do is try to wake up our kids and grandkids, try to prepare young parents. I'm not a young parent. I'm a new parent, but not a young parent. I'm 41. I did raise a couple of uh, stepkids in a previous life, but it's a totally different thing when it's your kid. I, I could see that now. I understand it. It's completely different. It's a complete different level of uh, love, I think. I mean, really, it is. I, I did love my stepkids, but this is completely, uh, completely different. All right, let me show you this because uh, we're going to work on Synthesia a little bit more so that you have a full understanding of their current uh, technological capacity and capabilities. But I want to show you this on the founder, Victor Ripper Belly. And this is an article at uh, starterstory.com from April 2022. And this is by Victor Ripperbelli. It says, we built artificial intelligence that can turn any text into video and raised over $60 million. Now, I want to get it over the next, uh, with this segment and then the next episode uh, that we cover this. I'll get into more on uh, Ripperbelli and what he's doing, the technology that he's working on, where he sees this going, because it's going to play a big part in the discussions on the artificial intelligence personal Jesus. And I'm going to look at some other companies that are working on this as well. Of course, this is the leading company, folks. And obviously, they're not marketing it for an AI uh, antichrist, but I, I kind of can see where all this is going. 
It says right here, Synthesia is the world's largest AI video platform. Their mission is to make video easy for anyone by enabling video production without the need for cameras, actors, studios, and microphones. Today, video and audio is the default online experience. In our private lives, we spend more time on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch than reading magazines or newspapers. Yet, when we go to work, we still predominantly consume emails, slides, and other text-based content. The reason is simple. Creating email, text, and slide content doesn't require pen and paper. It's an entirely digital workflow. You type it out. Uh, in a browser window and can always go back to edit and update it with just a few clicks. All right, so this is how you start to create adoption in the legacy corporate world. So on the other hand, producing video and audio is still a multidisciplinary physical process. It requires cameras, actors, studios, and post-production, making it impossible to scale. And once content is recorded, it can't be edited or updated without reshooting. With the Synthesia AI video platform, you can make videos directly from your browser without the need for cameras and film crews. You simply select an AI avatar, type in your script in one of 50 languages, and your video will be ready in minutes. Synthesia customers use the technology to transform their text-based content into bite-sized video that significantly improves engagement, conversation, and information retention for learning, support, and sales content. As an example, one of the world's largest fast food chains transformed their training and onboarding process to be based uh, video-based with Synthesia. Employees can now watch training videos in a few minutes on their phone and in their native language as opposed to reading PDF documents. Behind the scenes, Synthesia utilizes AI technology to simulate real video, effectively reducing the video production process of cameras, actors, and studios to an entirely digital workflow that enables their customers to generate rather than record video. As media production moves from cameras to computers, creators will be able to build entirely new native synthetic media experiences. Just like the first websites looked like paper magazines, most synthetic content today emulates the linear formats we're used to. Now, just think about this in the simplest of terms. Let's say this was the whole entire reason this thing was being created. And it comes out, let's say it's fully adopted. Well, there's an entire industry uh they're called industrial film production where there's actors and a producer and a cameraman and a script writer a director and they create all these internal work videos like training and everything else that's gone okay so now all you would literally need okay to to take over that whole crew that you would hire so basically the actors producers directors you're all out of work gone done those people are the people that should be uniting and forming a union and fighting back against artificial intelligence. Because you would take a crew, let's say one actor, let's say a makeup person, uh, let's say a director, uh, let's say a lighting guy, a camera guy, let's say five five-person crew there to shoot a video. Then you have the script writer, which will be in the marketing department of the company or the HR department or whatever. Uh, you could just hire someone like me who can get around tech pretty quick. Like if I bought this, I'd figure it out in about 25 minutes and I'd be starting to blast out videos all day long. Trust me, my entrepreneurial and creative senses immediately when I saw this, I said, oh, I know six clients, past clients, I can make a demo for right now, hit them up and say, hey man, you guys need training videos for your engineering company. Why don't you let me produce them? Give me X amount of dollars and I'll start whacking these out for you. 
So you can get rid of a whole entire crew and you can uh, replace them with this, with one guy, one nerd. It says, but with Synthesia API, you can create entirely new forms of interactive video experiences like personalized on-the-fly video experiences, chat bots with a human face, or run 24-7 weather channels in 50 different languages. 24-7 weather channels in 50 different languages. That means the weather newscaster is fake is fake. Do you hear that? In 10 to 15 years, Synthesia predicts we'll be able to make Hollywood films on laptops and that the internet will transform from predominantly static text interactions to rich and interactive media. And as with any other technology, we won't really know what its final form will look like until we see it in front of us. Well, you won't know because that's it, folks. That's the personal Jesus that's personal Jesus. Goes on to say, Synthesia launched their public beta in the summer of 2020. It is now used by thousands of companies, including many Fortune 500 companies. It says, what's your background and how did you get into entrepreneurship? And so Victor Ripperelli is the CEO and co-founder of Synthesia. I'm Danish and grew up in Copenhagen, where I was involved in startups for almost a decade before founding Synthesia. I started out building websites for local businesses in my teenage years and spent years working for various startups, including a stint at Founders, a European venture studio. Just keep at it. Resilience is the key. It says, in 2016, I moved to London to pursue my interest in virtual reality and augmented reality and artificial intelligence. And through my work there, I was eventually led to discover the artificial, intelli artificial intelligence video technology that underpins Synthesia. In 2017, I co-founded the company with Professor Matthias Nasir, Professor Lourdes Agapido, and Stefan Terjad. And it goes on here. Take us through your entrepreneurial journey. How did you go from day one to today? Synthesia was officially founded in November 2017, but the lead up to that was eight months of attempting to assemble a team trying to raise money and maintain our belief in the idea when no one else did. Stefan and I met in Denmark where he worked at the same company for a while. We always knew we had a shared ambition and complementary skill set. The idea for Synthesia Cam, when I read uh, Matheus' research paper face-to-face, -face, which is now a seminal paper in the synthetic media space, it even got to Matthias invited to uh, Jimmy Kimmel, which we watched here at the Dustin Gold Standard. It goes on to say, I sensed that this technology would be a paradigm shift in content creation and pitched it to Stefan, who at the time lived in Africa. He was in and moved to London a few months later. Next, we had to get the technical talent that could build the technology. At that point, Matthias Nasir had many requests to start a company around the technology, but wasn't convinced as most of the ideas he was pitched revolved around creating fun Snapchat filter style consumer apps. To make a long story short, it took many months to convince Matthias and later Lourdes Agapito to co-found the company. As two 26-year-olds, it was difficult to convince two of the world's leading computer vision professors, to say the least. But ultimately, we all shared the same sentiment. This technology will change the world, and we had a shared vision for how we could build the leading company in this space. We also convinced John Stark, who at the time was head of research at Foundry, one of the leading visual effects software companies, to join us. Then the hard part began. 
building deep tech is different from more traditional software companies. You spend years building the core technology. The development cycles are long and uncertain. When you were doing actual blue sky research, you could spend months on a solution that might never work at all. It took us almost three years to build the first iteration of the platform product as it exists today. In 2017, the world mainly saw negative coverage of deepfake technology. Where others saw a media apocalypse, I saw opportunity. Most new technology is met with fear and dismissal until it becomes part of everyday life. Remember, remember, you have this guy behind the company who is NSA, CIA, Homeland Security, okay? That's, that's who just raised the money for them, Ted Schlein. With no product or revenue to show investors, weren't exactly all over us in the early days. The first seven months of the company, we f- funded with our Bitcoin profits until it got to the point where we were almost out of money. We tried to raise money, but VCs couldn't personally emphasize with the problem. A uh, few VCs produced video and generally thought it was cool, but not commercially interesting idea. Coupled with the media narrative, it was hard to sell. We got turned down by 73 funds before we managed to close our pre-seed round. As part of our fundraising process, we had a list of high net worth individuals who had an interest in both media and technology. Mark Cuban was on the list, but we had no idea how we get in touch with him. Stefan started Googling around and discovered that Sony had recently been hacked and a lot of emails had been leaked. We downloaded the data, found Mark's email, and reached out to him. I had just launched the webpage for Synthesia. Mark Cuban was the sign-up we had. I thought that Stefan was pulling a joke on me, but he insisted it wasn't him. A few minutes later, an email from Mark popped into Stefan's box, and we were flabbergasted. After 16 hours of back-and-forth emailing with Cuban and his team, Mark decided to invest $1 million at 4 a.m. UK time, and that became the beginning of Synthesia. Since then, we continued to build out the technology, eventually building an actual product and taking the technology to market. Today, we've raised more than $70 million in funding, and we will soon be 100 people. As a founder, it's a surreal feeling having gone from nothing to a real company. I'm grateful for all support we've had from friends, family, and good-hearted people that enabled us to persist through the years, uh, the early days of the company, which were a very dark and uncertain period of our lives. So now you have Mark Cuban involved with this. I wanted to show you that. And now what we're going to do, folks, I'm going to skip ahead for a moment. And it says, what have been the most influential books, podcasts, or other resources? And, and he says, the founder, if I had to pick one business book, I'd pick Zero to One by Peter Thiel. So you have the CEO of this company building this technology, bringing this technology to market, helping to normalize and to force the adoption of this technology into our lives. The front-facing technology for what could very well become the artificial intelligence personal Jesus. You have the CEO, the founder, the guy who put this together, who was inspired by Peter Thiel. You have the co-founder, uh, Professor Matthias Napier being connected to Artificial Intelligence Foundation, which is owned by Lars Butler. Matthias sits on the board, along with Keith Alexander, the former head of the NSA, and Lars Butler is involved with several companies with Keith Alexander. And then you have the overall company, Synthesia, with its main Series B funding round leader, uh, Ted Schlein, who is NSA 
CIA, Homeland Security, and then the overall company, Synthesia, right, is led by this uh, CEO who is just, I mean, wait until you see the connections that I'm going to lay out with the CEO here, folks. I mean, this is mind-blowing stuff. So you have this company with this CIA, NSA backing. You've got Professor Matthias Nasier, co-founder, connected to Lars Butler, who's connected to NSA and all these different government agencies. And now you've got this company that's creating the skin. And now they're inside Amazon. They're inside these other companies. You've got Mark Cuban behind it. All very interesting and fascinating, but again, real. Did you know about this, folks? Is this out there on Tucker Carlson? Are they talking about this in other places? I don't think so. As Dan Govach would say, folks, this is not a rabbit hole. This is a rabbit canyon. It's a rabbit canyon. And we have to continue to dig and dissect this. But I'm telling you, I promise you, because I can feel it in my bones, that this is the beginning of the AI personal Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be back tomorrow with Wide Awake Jim for episode 120. Please leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Join us at pain.tv slash gold. And if you're interested in registering your car out of state and getting around your communist state, if you live in one, check out my friends at Dirt Legal. Uh, leak, uh, Dirt Legal. The link is in the description below please use that because i will get a small commission if you decide to use that service ladies and gentlemen i will see you tomorrow this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.